All right, back with another episode of the Causeway Street Podcast. I am Jose Pavone. Joel Pavone's here. Sean Dutra, the Boston Celtics, have the best record in the NBA. They're on a seven-game winning streak, and they're not showing any signs of slowing down right now, man. This winning streak could go longer than expected. Sean, before you even start, we will look ahead to see just how difficult this schedule looks for the Celtics. And, of course, we'll take our trip around the NBA with Jarrells in case you missed it, but... Man, in case you missed it, Monday night at TD Garden, what a win! That was that, that's my favorite win of the season. That's all, I know it's early. I know there's plenty of basketball left, but that was my favorite win of the season. Uh, just, just just showing how to, to dominate a team when it matters the most. Yeah, you put yourself in a bad spot, but they knew exactly how to get them get themselves out of it. And it wasn't just Tatum and Brown; it was a team effort, and it was Marcus Smart at the end. Clutch, Marcus Smart, man. All these smart haters or people who are questioning him and wondering if he's going to take him to another level. Like, I hope all of that is out of your system at this point because you could have <laughs> you could have came heavy with that noise last year, mid season towards the end, going into the playoffs, whatever. Pick your spot. That's fine. But now, at this point, turnovers are down. He's not jacking up threes. He, he's stacking up assists. He either scored or, or, or assists. Out of what the last 19 points of that of that fourth quarter, you know, we needed it the most, right? Whether it was uh, going on that run that the Celtics needed offensively, or coming up with the big stuff on the other end, man, it was Marcus Smart, but he wasn't the only one. Man, this team is looking good right now. Like this is this is it. This is this is the one, man. This might be the one. This might be the team right now. Oh yeah, easily, man. I mean, you think about what like the two the two different Celtics teams we've seen. Like, to start the season, there was a lot of that Brogdon love, and I was a big fan of Brogdon in the first couple, couple, you know, 10, whatever, games of the season. But since he's been out, you're right, Smart has sort of not only stepped into what he did last year, but has upped his game to the point of where this is like the – perfect Marcus Smart. This is what we've all been waiting for from Marcus Smart and what I've seen in him for a while, but uh, it's just the the level-headedness and composure that he's showing is is absolutely remarkable, and I think that's a huge reason why they won. And then, I know, I know we want to talk probably a lot about the Thunder game because it was a full team effort, but you know, that Pistons game on the back-to-back after a big Nuggets win, and Tatum single-handedly took over that game, played like yeah. old game. It was short-handed and, too. Short-handed, no Jalen Brown, no Al Horford, no Brogdon. Brogdon, yeah. They uh, Tatum basically took that game and said, "No, I'm not losing to the Pistons." Like that's the type of mentality we've seen. Right. Where you've seen it in spurts, but I think you've seen it all year this year. So yeah. I 100% agree. First off, kudos to me for calling a 4-0 stint here. Last look at <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got that. You got that. Uh, secondly, secondly, Jason Tatum, I think, definitely has put himself as the most consistent best player in the NBA uh, from this start to the season. I know Joel Embiid put up that 60-point fucking bohemoth thing he did the other night. <laughs> bohemoth. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean... Uh, you're talking about. I feel like I feel like that kind of flew under the radar, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Though I mean, I'm not saying I'm not trying to knock him. I'm not trying to downgrade it, but I feel like it's just 
People kind of slept on that one. Like, yeah, yeah, over over 100 points in two games and like back-to-back games. Yeah. yeah, player of the week, but it was just like, eh, yeah, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> right. Like, if you didn't like dig deep, you, you might have missed it. Like, you might have missed it. Like, <laughs> like, it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't all over like the way it should have been. It like should have been all over. Like, like the, the like, if you watch, uh, uh, what's the name of that show back in the day and on, on Saturday, Saturday mornings, um, inside stuff. You watch inside stuff yeah. and you were like, whoa, yeah. when the fuck did this happen? Like, with the Joel yeah. B going and going off. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just I, think it should have been highlights like flooding my timeline. It just wasn't like that. And Ben has had a season where he's been booed by the Philly fans more, more than he's been cheered. He's had a bad start to the season and now he's sort of coming into turn. But well, the team in general. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk about the Philly. I don't yeah, want to yeah, yeah. I just want to bring it up and be like, I think when you're talking about the most consistent best player in the league, we went through our MVP rankings last year. I mean, last week, and I think they're dramatically changed in one week. But uh, I think right Which now. Which is why you don't do freaking MVP. But but, exactly. but, but at the same time, <laughs> why Jason Tatum. When, when, you, when you only had a couple slices of pizza, you know. Hey, exactly. at, at, yeah, one, by the way, by the way, people were loving that, that one analogy. Slice. <laughs> one slice of pizza? The, the yeah. analogy was, it was yeah, had, had the people going there. Good, good job. Good. Guys. There we go. God, glad you only have one slice of this of this of this regular season. You know? One slice. Everybody knows the rules, you know. But the first, the first couple bites of the second, <laughs> the first couple bites of the second slice have been amazing, guys. I mean, you know that this is a, this is a top top pizza here. But you know, <laughs> speaking of real quick before we before we keep it going here because it's usually what we don't do on Causeway Street. Yeah. Um, Slow it down. <laughs> are there really people out there who are going? First bite on the on the slice, right? Everyone knows what the first bite goes, and then going straight cross after that. Is that a thing? Because like, no. I know someone who says that they do that all the time. Their second bite is, or second or third around there, is to go for the crust. Me, I'm not even touching that crust until I'm done with the pizza. Like and that's the last part of the of the slice. I guess I'm old school. Or something. No, you're you're 100 right. Anybody that does that is doing it for show, not for pizza eating, right? Okay, all right. But I do. Yeah, there is. I'm only buying. If, if there's people that were doing that before Portnoy, okay, I'll buy it. No, but if people are just only, now doing it, it's because of Portnoy. The only time you'd ever do it before Portnoy is when the stuffed crust was a, was raging, and you'd want to eat the whole crust first thing, right? That whole thing. Yeah. Right? Well, back in the day, people used to say you both you both started from the other side, like the commercial. Yeah. Like, all right. uh, which has always been dumb. Then like, where are you gonna go from there? I gonna hold the pizza, idiot. You didn't yeah. think that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> two straight episodes of Pizza Talk. I gotta love it, you know. But but I will say, hey, you just took you just took me back to elementary school, man. <laughs> I will say though, there is something about when you got a good slice of pizza, which you know it's like a nice crispy th- crust. You know, sometimes you'll like eat it down to the crust, crust. Maybe you don't eat it down to the crust, crust, and you leave like a little bit of that cheese on there. Oh yeah, I've done that. And yeah, then, yeah, that's, if I'm really loving the crust, I'll do that. Yeah. You just flip it a little bit, and then you got like a cheesy breadstick situation. Man, it's pretty good. But anyways, <laughs> let's talk Celtics, bro. Um, Joel, well, pass it to you, man. I'm talking about <laughs> you got a cheesy bread situation. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, aside, aside for Tatum, you know, uh, going on a tear to start the season, um, I do like Grant Williams being the starting lineup. And Derek White coming off the bench, I feel like uh, he's more comfortable in his role coming off the bench, uh, more so than we saw at the end of last season going into the playoffs, because he's been hitting his shots. Like he he might he might not take a, a, a you know that many shots throughout the game, but like he's hitting them when they when they matter most, right? And 
without Brogdon, White and like a <laughs> combination of Sam Hauser and uh there's always that there's always this this third this third player. We know that Jason Tatum and, and, and Brown are gonna do their thing on a ninety basis, right? But it's always this a third player that ends up having a, a, a crazy night or or you know twenty plus points night. You know, it was Al Horford for one game during the week, uh, Sam Hauser, Grant Wh- like the difference that you've seen this year in terms of like Marcus Smart doing his thing uh, as a legit point guard is that he has all these weapons and he, and he trusts all of them. That's yeah. uh, that tributes to the depth, obviously, obviously on well, this team, but that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Is that when we look at this team from different, and, and we're going to sound like broken records because not a lot of bad stuff to talk about, but the difference between this team, it's worth mentioning. the difference, no, but the difference between this team and last team, last year's team is how much depth you have, even when you are down three starters, you can plug in guys and know you're going to get enough. And Peyton Pritchard, like... Yeah, that's another guy I couldn't... I was yeah. trying to think. I was like, who's this another guy? Yeah, Peyton like, Pritchard, like, being being ready, to being ready yeah. to come in and, 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 and make a difference, make an impact. Shit, you know, even the the few minutes that Blake Griffin has played, like, here and there, starting when, when, when Horford was out, like, you can pick anybody here in terms of, like, you know, the, the role players or the bench guys. And they're gonna make an impact at some point in the game, and for the most part, it's been when they needed the most, like in a in a tight fourth quarter, or you know, coming making making a comeback like they did against uh you know the young the young OKC Thunder here, who uh you know they looked like they were gonna run away with that for a second, but they showed their age at the end of the game, and that's a tribute to the Celtics and their experience. A year ago, they probably would have lost that game, but you know, here we are. And they're on, and they're on a mission to do what they were trying to do last year, and the whole MVP talk with Tatum. Tatum's like, yeah, I I want to win that one day, but like right now, like I want to win a championship. So if I got to play at an MVP level to get there, that's what I'm going to do. And that's where he's at. Yeah, that's what he's been doing. And this it's reached a point where you can you can call him the best player in the NBA right now. Like, and and people will be like, all right, I, I respect that, which was obviously wasn't the case last year. And we expected him to reach another notch, but this level that Tatum's at right now and the, the consistency we're seeing out of him on both ends of the floor, the effort that we're seeing out of him on both ends of the floor is just carrying this team. And look, going in, coming into this game, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder game, the reason why I thought that this would be a game that they would lose because we were doing our look ahead last week is because of the offensive power that, that they have. And we saw that, right? We, and I knew the Celtics would have a hard time of slowing that down because I'm just not seeing the discipline on the defensive end of the floor. But when it came down to it, was it muscle memory? Was it just uh, being experienced? You know, losing so many games, lopsided game, or not even lopsided games, but coming up short so many times last year. Maybe that helped, but they just snapped into it in that second half. And it was later in the third quarter, but it, it, and it took you know stops from Peyton Pritchard, and it took you know a, a quick scoring run to sort of even out the the deficit, which which was. Felt like it was in double digits or around it for a while. The Celtics was just kind of hanging around after that uh, 8-0 run that they just never recovered from, from the, the 8-0 Thunder run. And, and Shea Gillis-Alexander was just toying with Jalen Brown at some point. So it was just kind of like, man, where is this game going to go? But again, it was the discipline of the defensive man that, that put together those stops. And then the way this offense is falling, they can just put up points in a hurry. And yeah, Joel, like you, like you said, like the confidence that these guys have or Tatum has and or Marcus has – whether it's Tatum, Marcus, whoever is, is, is has the ball in their hands, they trust it, and and guys know where they're supposed to be. And Joe Mazzulla made so much 
of an emphasis on executing and how much that was something that he's been um, that he was worried about throughout the preseason and that he knew was something that they had to work on. And now it's just like, man, this offense is looking like the type of Celtics offense that I haven't seen since since Rondo was running it. You know what I mean? Like that's how good this offense has been. And, and it's also one of those offenses offenses that again. They're not just relying on Tatum and Brown. Maybe it looks like that on paper, but you go out, you go through these last four or five games, these last four or five Celtics games, and and it, it, each one tells <clears throat> each one tells a different story. You know, like that, that's how good his offense is. Yeah, no, I think the OKC game, if I'm not mistaken, was the the one game that they've played so far where they were down double digits pretty much for like most of the game, almost the entire game. They were coming playing from behind, and they were still able to 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 pull off the win. At, at the end, right? Because we've seen them blow out teams from, you know, wire to wire. We've seen them, you know, close games when the whole game is, you know, back and forth. And, but I think this was my, unless and I'm, we've seen them get their ass kicked. And we've seen them get their ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think, if I'm not mistaken, again, I think this OKC game was the first type of win that we hadn't seen so far in this, you know, in this, the beginning of the season. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things to look at, too, like just talking about like the Celtics' dominance is two of their losses went to overtime. We lose to the Cavs, which one was not great. The other one was really, really close. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at like pure dominance, and um, it sort of reminds me, I was just, I was just thinking like, the the 2009 Celtics when they went on their run and that was like unheard of when they only they went I think like they lost two games in like the first half it was like 19 and three or something like that yeah, yeah. It, it, like right now we're sitting here feeling very good about the Celtics and I mean who knows do they are they the type of team that can crank off 15 16 games in a row I, I mean I I honestly can't look at it outside of health. And like how they're I think that's the only thing, yeah, because you, obviously there's Malcolm Brogdon, obviously there's the you know resting um, um, Al Holford in the second night of back to backs, and no Jalen sort of had some things laying around, yeah, no Rob, so yeah, it might be tough, but at the same time, and these guys, guys have been stepping up in, in other people's absences, right? Whether it's uh, Payton Pritchard or whether it's Sam Hauser, you know, who's at this point he's he's on opposing teams' scouting report. You see this now, the last couple of games, like. He's covered, you know. I'm not saying this is the end, but it's gonna take him a bit to sort of ease through this this um this transition where you have to just know that teams are hit. You know, they know about you. You're not you're not the secret weapon anymore. Which I think I of, think part, I of, part, of, part of the part of the progression, I guess. They don't rely on him. They just don't rely on him. Like you know what I mean? Like if he's right, open, which is what you don't want to happen. Like you, Sean. if he's open, you know, great. If it's not. Like he can just move around and, and spread the floor. That's perfectly fine for this offense to work. Um, you know, the other thing that I'm looking at too is: Do you guys feel like potentially like the ascendance of Jason Tatum into this MVP conversation, into you know, clearly being the number one on the team, even though he's been that way in my eyes for the past like three, four years? Like, do you feel like Jalen Brown is going to be in a position to just sort of sit there and just do what it takes to to win the entire year? Or do you feel like, do you feel like that, you know, not that there's going to be friction about it, but like, do you feel like there's any, any, a little bit of like, you know, 
eh, jealousy or just like, yo, if they gave me this opportunity, I'd be able to do the same thing type thing with Jalen Brown or <clears throat> how would that potentially affect the stuff that's going on run? Because I look at it and there are games, there are games where you notice Jalen Brown has it for like 10 minutes total and he, he's, he's balling out. But then the rest of the game mixed with the depth and mixed with Tatum just taking over. No longer like this A B party that that two people are invited to and that's it. Yeah, but he's also finding ways to contribute other than scoring. Like his assists are up, his rebounds are up. He's you know making steals. Like I think it's at it's at the point now, in my opinion, that if if one's not scoring, or if anybody's just having a bad night in terms of offensively, like they'll find other ways to 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 contribute. And it's a it's a team mentality. Like if 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 Jason Tatum has started off like this, like a couple of years back, I don't know how how much this, how long this would have lasted in terms of like the yeah. beginning of the season and how much and how many would have, how many of those games would have actually have been wins, because even when he's not shooting well, he's still being aggressive, taking it to the rack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Brown is is there there you know he's finding other other players that are open to, for for open shots or whatever, and I don't know I just. It's a team. This, this, even though it's Jason Tatum doing his thing, but it's like it's still the team concept. The team, the chemistry of the team is like it's 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 pretty like fun to watch. Yeah, no, I I would agree. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there as as potentially something to watch out for. Because <clears throat> we've known the friction that they've said that they look like they've had, but said they didn't have in years past. But they're winning right now, and I do feel like. If they're winning and Jalen's playing better than he did last year, he's going to be an all-star, like, hands down this year. So maybe maybe he is okay with this role, but um, I don't know. Just some, just one thing. I'm just trying to figure out, like, how is this going to go off the rails? Because I always have that in the back of my mind. I'm just potentially, like, this is going to go sideways. But right now, there's there's very little to look at to even. I think it's health. I think right, right now, at this point, it's just yeah. health. Yeah, I agree. But even when they're not healthy, they're Hey, just putting up 43 points and being the Pistons single-handedly. It's wild. Like, it's it's something we've never seen before. Joe Zillow's done a good job of, of, of making sure that Jalen Brown is, is in the mix. I, I thought at the end of the third quarter, what was it, last Friday night, he tried to get him a play after a timeout, and it worked. And then even after the play, after the, the, the third quarter ended, they had, like, a little sidebar. And it was, like, a back and forth. And, again, I don't want to speculate whether it's, they were arguing or anything. But I don't, cause I don't think – it didn't put – I didn't get that vibe, right? Yeah. But it just seemed like a – it just seemed like a, a, a heated – not a heated – what's the word I'm looking for? Just kind of like a, a – Passionate. A back and forth. A what? Passionate. Yeah, something like that. Right. They're going back and forth. And and, and I think the reason why Missoula is doing that because I think from his point of view last season, there were times where it just seemed like he would check out. You know, I don't, I'm not saying this was like intentional. I'm not saying that he was just like, oh, I'm not getting the ball. So I'm not going to do anything. Kind of like what Joel said, like whether it was getting more rebounds or trying to get like, he was just sort of had these like first, second quarters where he was like go off for like 20, but then he finished a game with like yeah. 27 or something. Whereas Tatum is not like that. Tatum is like, he, he he's going to keep attacking. He's going to keep going. And I felt like he would sort of, Jalen was sort of, um, step to the side a bit, right? If you saw that the, the offense was, was clicking without him. Yeah. And I think Missoula understands how important it is for him to, to constantly be engaged because that's just going to make this team that much stronger. It's going to make the offense much more stronger. And when you have other guys that can step up and score now or more comfortable to, to you know, to, to come up big in that role, whether it's Marcus Smart, whether it's Al Horford, whether it's Derek White, you know, 
17, 19, 20 points, if they're failing it, they're not going to shy or, or back down. I, I think Majula understands that it's important for Jalen not to do the same, regardless of what he's going through, because he's that good. He's that talented. And he could easily get hot when, when, when no one expects it or when he's been quiet for a quarter. Like, that's how talented he is. That's how his offense typically works. So I, I think Mazzulla's doing a really good job of making sure that um, he doesn't see that kind of bad habit from Jalen that, that he may have noticed last year from his vantage point, you know, not yeah. being the head coach, which I think kind of gives you a unique perspective, kind of gives you a more personal perspective sometimes. And I think Joe Mazzulla kind of strikes me as that guy because he, he just has sort of that relationship with a handful of players, you know, Stepping back from last season. Yeah, I mean, he's been here, what, three, four years, right? The longest tenure, you know, on the staff. So he's, three years, right? He's, yeah. Um, 2019, Brad's last season. Okay, all right. Yeah, so the, the, um, the bubble season, right? If I'm not mistaken, 2019 to 2020. Yeah, yeah, which is weird we put it that way because it's just like, it feels like two completely different seasons. Exactly. <laughs> so it was like the season. It was like the season. The last. The so he, he spent like a season that never ends. Yeah. So he's like two years, two seasons with with Brad, and then you know last year, right? Essentially. So, yeah. I feel like when Rony it comes to man. when it comes to Rony smart, Rony. I know, right? The, the 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 name who we should not speak of. Um, when it comes <laughs> to <laughs> when it comes to smart Tatum and Brown, right? Those three guys. Joe's three core guys, right? He understands <laughs> that though, like, it's not about like making those or keeping short or making sure that those guys are are happy or or or, or they are you know content with you know the shots or the many plays that are drawn up for them. I think it's he's putting it on those three as to like this is not going to work without one of you guys you know, not contributing in some sort of way. Like you guys are an important piece. Not one person is not more important than the other. And that's like it's it's infectious throughout the because every like I said every game there's always that third or fourth player that like it's a role player that comes up big so for some for whatever whether it's like down the stretch or throughout the game and one of those three guys that I mentioned are always bigging up those guys right they're always bigging up either a Sam Hauser they're bigging up a Derek White even Payne Pritchard so it's a it's a puzzle right at the end of the day. And one's not. It's not gonna. It's not gonna. They're not gonna get to where they want to get to without one of one one piece. Well, I think it's interesting you're giving the credit to Missoula on that because you may be right, but I always feel like Tatum. When in, in the past, where things went wrong for the Celtics, Tatum didn't have it, and even look at the NBA Finals, Tatum didn't have it. Brown would try to do way too much, way over his head. And he'd be turning the ball over. He'd be, you know, getting out of control. He'd be doing a lot of those things that we always looked at Brown and being like, damn, why can't you just eliminate that from your game? But you know what? And maybe Missoula has gotten Jalen Brown to trust his surrounding people, mm. where now he he's not the one like, oh, Tatum don't have it tonight. I got to put up 40. He's like, if Tatum doesn't have it, I'm just going to play with it in my offense. Do it. Right. And then pass the ball, and not do too much, because there was a spell in that okay so mature in I the third uh, in the third quarter where I don't remember this because Tatum had a Tatum was playing god awful. I mean, he couldn't hit a three pointer; was like dependent on him. And and it was like when they went down by fifteen, it was like Brown was doing the NBA Finals shit where he was dribbling off his foot, pat making bad turnovers, offensive foul here. Then you're like, what the fuck just happened? But you hadn't seen that all year, and then he sort of got out of it, and it's like. No, now he's able to get into the offense. He's moving the ball. He's not trying to do too much knowing he can get his 27 
points a night just by doing what he does well, even if Tatum doesn't have it. And now they have depth so they can like win. They can they can stay in games. They can get Marcus involved. They can get the 10 points from or the 20 points from Hauser, Pritchard, and White to be able to keep them in a the game now, right? It's like, so maybe that's Missoula preaching that. Maybe that's the offensive structure. Maybe that's Dan and Brown's growth. Whatever it is, it's evident. And it's it's probably the key of why this team can be deep now is because the, the whole team's buying into it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's led to this seven-game winning streak, man, which is incredible. Um, I'm impressed, obviously. I mean, I had them picking up two two L's last week, you know. Oh, you, two good teams. And two good teams, all right, Sean? He's going to so. apologize. And what I tell you, what I tell you about the Nuggets coming into the Garden on Friday? That Denver game, hey, man, I, they just dominated. Them. I they agree. Just, like, and and listen, Michael Malone was saying all the right things pregame. He was spitting out stats. He was talking about tendencies. He was talking about Hauser. Uh, I was okay. This guy, he did his, his homework. Like this guy's been studied, and they could not slow them down. And they could not slow that offense down, even if they wanted to. Like Malone knew what he was getting himself into. He knew vulnerable or quote unquote seemingly vulnerable points for the you know that, that they could take advantage of and it just didn't work it did not work and something yeah. offense was the was, was the reason why I, I felt like i don't want to say they checked out but it was almost like they started doing like that like frustration fouls they started doing like those like petty like stupid fouls i was like wait a minute oh they're mad they're pissed like the something's have gotten under their skin at this point like, yo they were just checked out and i was just like this thing is done they like, look they looked winded from the like beginning of the of of like the Oh, that too. The that second too. quarter, right? And like even when they got within two, it just they just looked like they looked defeated. And the Celtics were like, nope. Like there's a couple of teams out there that I feel like the Celtics and I granted they only play Denver twice a year, but there's something about Denver that the Celtics just know how to handle Denver, even though they have, you know, the two time reigning MVP and in, in, in Jokic, but there's no fear when it comes to the Denver Nuggets and when in, in, in the Celtics' eyes. But there's a couple other teams out right. there, you know. That that the Celtics are like, no, we know how to play against this team, no matter no matter what. And Denver's one of them. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, sure. Is Portland one of them? I feel like they always had a good game in Portland. One of those West Coast teams. But anyways, how long does the streak go? Does it continue through next week? Does it continue to next episode? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's look ahead. All right. Let's check in with Sean Dutra. I think we're ready to look ahead a little bit, a little bit. It's a big game, actually. Tonight, tonight, big game. <laughs> it is on tonight, that's right. Celtics are uh, traveling to the uh, land of the... Peaches. Booty! <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Atlanta. Oh, oh. Sway's on location, too. We didn't forget to mention that. He's, he's, he's down in hot Atlanta, yo. Oh, you're yeah. talking about the uh, talking about the uh, that particular establishment that you're thinking that? No, nah, that's, so, that's what so, they call it, the city of Atlanta, don't they? Hot Atlanta. Where I'm, where I'm guessing that. Mark <laughs> no, no, not you, Sean. Oh, earlier, when you were getting like, when I when I get peach, I don't think he was gonna say peach. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about the uh, the great Coca Cola factory they have down there. The Bicentennial um, Park. No, what is it? What park is it? The Atlantic, the uh, uh, Olympic Olympic Village. Whatever that yeah, is. That's right. That's right. They still got those up there. They got the, uh, the yeah. logo up. Atlanta is a great place if you're trying to look for very 
you know, historical establishments. And uh, and also, you know, the fans down there, they're, they're feeling their Atlanta Hawks right now. The Atlanta Hawks are uh, sitting only, I think, one game behind the Boston Celtics right now. Um, in the st- or two games behind the Boston Celtics in the standings. But nine and five, they've had a great start to the season. They got DeJounte Murray, who's playing really well. They've got Trey Young yeah, who's dabbling in in being, you know, being able to t- take a step back. He's got more help this year. John Collins is playing well. Um, they also have those role players that have always been stepping up for them in the past few years. So the team is is solid, but does any uh, let me, let me ask you outside of this game, does anyone really believe in the Hawks this year as a Eastern Conference contender, or are they sort of just like I felt like you, I felt like you did when, when in the beginning of the season. I, I I I thought that they're going to be they're going to be they're going to be in the in the hunt like or after that trade went down you you, you were like oh right. Hawks are, yeah. well like the Bulls were last year right the Bulls the Bulls and the Hawks to me are are identical teams they're going to be in the top four top five that's the four or five seed in the Eastern Conference this year is the, is the Bulls Hawks right do you think that whoever's going to win that matchup is going to be able to make a run I don't necessarily know that's what I'm asking you do you feel like the Hawks did enough to surpass the Bulls Get into that, um, you know, Heat, Celtics, Bucks, even Raptors, uh, Nets. Potential, you know, could could have potential to make a run in the playoffs. I don't know. What do you feel about the Hawks? It might be. It's probably a year. Still a year behind. Um, oh, I two. mean, we're talking about this core, and that, and yeah, or two. I mean, it doesn't seem like they're gonna. It look like this is it, right? This is their team moving forward. So I, I think it takes them a couple of years. Um, I think the Eastern Conference has improved, and it's it's just they're in a tough spot right now. But obviously, um, when these guys are in their career, I mean, this is ideal. You know, mid twenties, mid to late twenties. A lot of these guys, especially that starting lineup, yeah. um, plenty of upside. So, no, I think I think you hit on the head that I think a starting lineup is legit, but they just they. To get Dejounte Murray, they had to trade away some pieces. I don't think they have enough to, and they lost Herder. Yeah, which is which really surprised me, by the way. But then I get they they they're going for it, right? You know, I, I guess they they believe in this in this backcourt, and obviously right now it's just they, they look good. But yeah, when they made the deal initially, I was like, hmm. But then again, I, I was thinking, let's let's see what happens. I'm, I'm a fan of both these guys, both those guys. So um, yeah, I, I think the next couple of years they're gonna have to see that through and and. Um, Try to run out the rest of the roster, but they're they're definitely on to something with the starting five, though for sure. Yeah, so so their yeah, their whole thing know. is their whole thing is you got you know Trey Deontay Collins, and then DeAndre Hunter. I think they got something in DeAndre Hunter. He's he's a good player. Clint Capel is yeah, obviously Clint Capel is obviously a big center, but then after that, man, there is nothing on that team. So they remind me of where the Celtics were about two years ago. But the starting five was 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 okay, but they had literally nothing else. So I don't know. I think they uh, could they 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 it'd be a stretch to see them win fifty games this year, but we'll see what happens with that. And then uh, I, I do. Yeah, the Hawks podcast is going on. Though. No, I just I just think that the Hawks are like this interesting team. They're, they're number three in the Eastern Conference right now, which could be interesting. Talking about yeah, teams, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's sustainable. No, no, I know, I know. No, my my whole thing was like I, I could sense that you were gonna you're ready to transition to the next game, so I just busted the ball. Ah, there you go. I had to just throw a throw a nut sack tap in there, huh? Yeah, uh, that's a lot of time on the Hawks, but I guess it's yeah. You're just about up. You're just about up. 
the old sack tap. Anyways, talking about teams that probably have no uh, aspirations of actually making a run in the playoffs, but are playing very well right now. It's the New Orleans Pelicans. So the Pelicans, uh, they, they, they've been playing really solid basketball. They have a little bit of a reignited sort of squad down there. Um, Willie Green's doing some yeah. But Zion plays every other night, which I think means he won't play versus the Celtics unless they rest him again. But I don't know. That 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 team that team's a little bit of an enigma too. Yeah, on a, I mean, he didn't. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a back to back for them. So it was the second night. He didn't play the first night. So if he doesn't play the second night, well, that's uh, that's just weird. Yeah. Um, unless they save him for that game, even if he doesn't play, the, the Pelicans now have my least favorite player in the league. I I don't know why you shitting on him, man. You like yeah. you were you were all about him when he was playing against the Suns in the playoffs. That was cute. Totally. I don't like him no more. Alvarado. Zion? You don't like Alvarado? I, I thought it was cute last year. Now, this year, he's like a vo- focal point of the team. Like, yeah, because he's people he's popular now. People like him. Fan that, dude, that, that, dude, that dude cannot shoot, and, and Marcus Smart is going to eat his, you know what, for lunch, dude. Like, I'd say he's going to be all up in that thing. <laughs> that ain't, ain't going to be a problem. He- he, uh, yeah, I realized how much the crowd, how much the fans really appreciated him last season when I went to, uh, I was at that game last year. And ever since then, it's, it's sort of, uh, I'm not gonna say transcend across the league, but more and more, you start to hear, you start to see, see him pop into NBA TV highlights and, and whatnot and just making yeah. the, he's just kind of like that guy, sort of like the Marcus Smart of Alvarado. Um, yeah, but he's I, kind of like a Marcus Smart on the, on the, on the backup. In a backup role for the Pelicans. Don't say that. That's yeah. that's ridiculous. He doesn't play an ounce of defense. He does stupid little gimmick plays. He's a gimmick player. He's like when the do you remember? I meant all, the pop popular Yeah, he's a, look he, at him as like the heart and soul. He's yeah. a gimmick player. <laughs> and he doesn't play any defense. This is what he, that's pretty much what he's known for, bro. <laughs> he's like, Yo, he's not, yeah. He's not. Yeah. Well, he's, literally, he's literally known for creeping in the backcourt when you least expect it. That's twenty. Have him yeah, D, have him D somebody that's, up. That's his, uh, that's his, you know, that's defense. <laughs> that that is that is a gimmick, and it's like basically when remember when Red Fast Alvarado. Remember when that Major League Baseball team put the little person in back in like the '30s, and the guy couldn't get a strike. They couldn't they couldn't hit a strike zone. That's basically what Alvarado is. Basically, he's a gimmick on defense. I think he's got good handles. He's got good handles, and he can drive and he can dish, but. If they're going to make him a focal point of their second unit, he's going to get his – I mean, if somebody actually plays defense against the guy, he's nothing, absolutely nothing. I mean, even alive. You think you think Isaiah Thomas was small. Talk about being small and you can't shoot. That's what Alvarado is. Alvarado was Isaiah Thomas if he couldn't shoot. Out of all the people to talk about on this squad, you know, C.J. McCollum. For real. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know uh, a guy named you know Brandon Ingram. I don't know. There's a couple other guys you could have spoken I think, about. <laughs> I think the Pelicans have a very good squad. I like Herb Jones. I like um, Herb Jones. Huh? Big Herb. Um, center, big big center guy. Freaking Valanciunas. I think I think they got a solid squad. They got a starting starting lineup. If they just got a legitimate backup point guard instead of this little guy, I think they'd be in a really good spot. <laughs> this little guy. Anyways, <laughs> and then the Celtics travel. It's a three-game road trip, three-game road road trippy. Uh, then they go to um, – And you say Shot City. 
By the way, in between these two games, the World Cup starts. And then on Monday, the Celtics play the uh, Chicago Bulls for the third time in the season? Yeah, what? man. Third time, bro. Yeah. Got to make it three and zero. They really just wanted. They really wanted to get yeah, the Bulls. Win. They can't make it three and zero because they already lost once. Yeah, two and one against the Bulls. So we'll <laughs> see. <laughs> yeah, two and one against the Bulls. We'll see. <laughs> Beating corrects himself. Yeah, they definitely beat them early. <laughs> they definitely did, and then they then handed them the worst yeah, loss of the season. That, how much? How much is that like familiarity? Like you know, you just play them early in the week and just be like, oh, we, we got this guy, and they they crush. Yeah, they absolutely crushed him. Yeah, because the Celtics... It was a fluke or not, I guess, on Monday night. Yeah, Vucevic just took took their lunch the first game and didn't do shit the second game. Okay, and then last game in this next... Yeah, he always does that. Can he not grab 20 rebounds this time? Let's see if it's something good. Yeah. Celtics... Maybe 19. Celtics go back home on the night before Thanksgiving, kid. Always a good night at the Garden. I feel like we always play at home this night. Uh, Celtics... As, just start as, last year as they should. Luca, Luca. <laughs> Comes to Boston for the first time this year and the only time this year until the NBA Finals. Uh, what the fuck? Miss it, bro. Come on, man. Luca comes to Boston and the the past has it been five to, five buzzer beaters in a row for Luca to knock? <laughs> I feel like it's been like five or six in a row, dude. It's been absolutely insane. So if there's one uh, game. Uh, schedule, I definitely was at the last game that, they, that Dallas played here, and they did, yeah. there was no buzzer beat involved in that game. KG's retirement night. Okay. Yes. You know, you know the game that you know you you were supposed to go to. Can <laughs> <laughs> we talk about how you bought how you got tickets for the Minnesota game because you thought no, it was the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn game. Brooklyn game. It was the Brooklyn game, and that was a great game, and we beat them. And I remember talking shit. Yeah, but why did you think they were going to retire the number on Brooklyn? They got fucking shit on us this year. We couldn't <laughs> And the guy literally laughed in my face and walked away. He didn't want to fight me. He was just laughed in my face. And little they know we swept the motherfuckers. Dude, so. <laughs> so, uh, so what? So what? You, what you got now? Now that your boy Lucas coming to town, are you going to still say you know four and zero? I'm going to say, yeah, it's a tough spot for you. I'm going to say, by the grace of the pilgrims, <laughs> finding by a whim. Celtics go 4-0. Celtics go 4-0. I think Luca knocks down a game winner with .7 left on the clock, and they leave enough time for Tatum to knock down a double game winner back in his face. And that's how they go 4-0. But they're definitely going 4-0. Bang! <laughs> yeah, Mike Green always has, like, this, like, this, Mike like Green won't movie, have enough time to movie his, finish. Like. Yeah, Mike Green doesn't have enough time to finish his first bang. <laughs> and then Jeff Van Gunny's or Jeff Van Gunny's going to be like, Luca Dungeons always get, and then bang, Tatum hits the next one before he can finish that sentence. That's how it's gonna end. Uh, and then Mark Jackson's just gonna say, Mama, there goes that man. And then broadcast over, and that's it. No, he's gonna say something. He's gonna put the, he's gonna put the camera on uh, Tatum's mom. He's gonna be like, Mama, there goes Mama. It's gonna be like awkward. <laughs> Mama, who's that great son? It's just Deuce running around, dude. <laughs> Actually, fun fact about this last game, too. Gonna be a big Hauser night. Did you know that Sam Hauser's great 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 grandfather actually came over on the Mayflower? Mm. I did not know that. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Samuel Hauser the first. Oh, okay. So his great grandfather, what, only like four times removed? Uh, I said five greats, right? Mm, yeah. No. So it's still. Okay. So Samuel Hauser. So the, so the late. Was born in 1902. I know, right? So the, the late 1800s, early 1900s, is what we're talking no, about? No, Sam Hauser's dad. Oh. Sam Hauser's dad was born in like. No, West- no, no. This dude, this dude definitely lived through the Titanic. So you No, Sam. Maybe, maybe it's more great than I know. But he came over on Hauser. There was a Samuel. First of all, Hauser- hold on. First of all, let's start out. Let's start out with this question. When do you think Plymouth Rock was, you know, was discovered? 16, <laughs> 1620. All right. <laughs> um. <laughs> Also, I thought you were gonna go for. I thought you were gonna go further back. I'm gonna be like, that's the worst trial. You got. No, let me <laughs> let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If I so about, had, about about three hundred years at the same semester, yeah, you learned at the same term in fucking social studies. You asked them. Let me let me just about, about three hundred years off, but okay. I only know I only know the year of the uh, Plymouth Rock because Jordan just went there with my grandparents and he brought back a fake rock that said sixteen twenty or whatever the fuck it said on it. So I. <laughs> So even even worse, you 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 knew exactly the year. Secondly, more importantly, let's hypothetically say, I I brought for next episode. I brought in a Mayflower expert from Plymouth. Okay, and they had the manifest of the Mayflower. Let me just let me just throw this out there. Would you bet on a Samuel Hauser to be on that boat? Or would you say that Samuel Hauser wouldn't be on that boat? Is Samuel Hauser not the most pilgrim name of all time? Or would you bet against that? I would bet against it. <laughs> you can't bet against it because Samuel Hauser was definitely on the Mayflower. All right, give me the uh, give me the, the the lines on that, and then I'll get back to you. All right. Well, I'll let me look at the manifest first, and then we'll see what happens. For the second week in a row, I'm going to say three and one. What game are they losing? The Hawks. That's bullshit. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be a close one, though. It's not going to be a blowout. They're going to win 10 in a row, and then the Mavs game is going to be, be the questionable one, I think. But no, The reason why I said the Hawks because it's like, all right, you get that, you break that streak, and it's like, all right, let's start a new one. Let's get them motivated to get that new one, you know? Nah, no. No, I think, I think this one, I think this one, they're going to stretch this one out for next week. Nice. I want 4-0. 4-0, uh-huh. baby. 4-0, right, cool. baby. The same house is special. The same house is special. Okay. Uh, same house is special. House is special. Thanks, you. Listen, the way they looked against the Nuggets. How's it, dude? A little, little, little suspect against OKC, but they did what they needed to do in time. I'm liking, I'm liking uh, their mindset right now. Their headspace. It's crystal clear. It looks focused. It's good. Yeah, Celtics. Celtics riding the longest winning streak of the of, of uh, active winning streak right now. Number one team in the league. Only lost two games away from home. I mean, they're they're going to go on this this road trip, this little mini road trip, which they don't have to travel too far. They stay in the central time zone, and they they they're gonna they're gonna make some noise. They're gonna keep this thing going, man. It's got to be four and zero. All right. I don't think the uh, Hawks are ready. I don't. Right. That's a good reason. Okay. <laughs> right. Well done. Well done, Sean. Well done. Um, you're adding more, adding more to the uh, segment. I like that. I like that. Good job. Especially that pilgrim talk. Yeah. Great. Great lesson. I'm wasn't crazy about that part. But... 
being honest. Full disclosure. No, nothing. All right. All right. Well, let's uh let's wrap up this episode of Causeway Street. The same way we wrap up every single episode here on Causeway Street when we take our trip around the NBA with Joel's in case you missed it. 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 <laughs> no rebuttal? No? Alright, all right. Okay. I'm gonna no. keep it moving here. <laughs> He's gonna do some more research and then come back with some crazy, I've crazy got stat. I've got I've got the list up and it's not yeah, looking see, good. The quiet See, yeah. the yeah. quietest kid. Yeah, yeah. The, wheels, the wheels were turning. The wheels were turning. Now, there is a John Goodman, so maybe you talk to your voice, right? Yeah, okay. Joe, what do we miss? All right. It's that time of the episode, guys, when I give you the Kyrie update. Kyrie <laughs> 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 misses his seventh game, and there's no indication that he's coming back anytime soon, even though he's met with Adam Silver. He's met with yeah. What did he? What did he? What did, what's going on? The Nets owners here. Chicken. I mean, to the point where, like, even Jalen Brown is like, "Yo, Like, even Jalen Brown is like, "Yo, it's time for a uh, quote larger conversation about Kyrie's uh, suspension." So, it's remains to be seen when he's gonna be when he's gonna return. Did yeah, you like really? Like Dave, this did you like Dave Chappelle's stand up? Sure did. Yeah, I love that shit. Was this shit was great? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was funny. Shit was fucking great. It was funny. I do think that there is a little bit of a point of like the Jalen Brown thing and like the fact that this is like unprecedented, but you know, and, and I get it. It's unprecedented and like it's potentially because no one's ever said something like this against uh, also, you know, also a um, minority group coming from a minority group that has been oppressed and all these things. Right. So it's a, it's like a different situation. Yeah. But I sort of feel at the same time, like if he's sort of getting a little, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, like maybe getting a little bit of the benefit of the doubt to be like, instead of just saying like you're suspended for 25 games for saying this, like, Hey, we'll suspend you for at least five, but you got to do these things. Like the, the weird, the weird thing is the, is the manipulation of the league trying to make him do things to get out of his suspension. But I feel like that's their way of saying, like, we don't want to suspend you for how long we were going to suspend but that, you. No, but it's funny you say that, but it's not the league, though. It's it's the team. You, know, you remember, Joe Sy was the one that brought this to light yeah. by, by, by tweeting out, <laughs> essentially throwing this dude, you know, under the bus saying, yo, what the hell is this? Like, imagine any other team owner doing that. <laughs> no, it's, it's weird. It's right. weird. Very but you got it. But you also got to, yeah. Look, I'm with you on that. And my whole thing going into this is that I figured that they would eliminate, I don't know, three out of the six or whatever the case would be. Yeah. Not trying to meet, not trying to meet halfway with Kyrie, but just to be realistic because Jalen has a point. We were talking about the the you know, player association. That there's no rule that tells them how they need to conduct themselves on social media. Nor did oh. he say anything. I mean, outside of the. Outside of the, um, uh, you know, featuring that that documentary on his platform, you know, but they have to they have to figure out what that means. They have to figure out, you know, where where do you draw the line and, and just have a conversation with them. But I feel like this whole stalemate is not doing anyone any favors, especially not for the Brooklyn Nets. But like it doesn't slip, make any sense. The slippery slope for me. Either let him go. Or yeah. make your decision to invite him back. Like it's that yeah. simple at this point. Look, you know, seven games now. It's just yeah, like this is getting ridiculous. It's, it's, it's starting to look. 
it's starting to look. It's starting to make the the, the Brooklyn Nets organization look worse in my eyes. Like I know, yeah. I don't know everyone else. Well, yeah, this this I'm is why I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it as like you guys have to get your shit together, kind of make a decision here, or just sort of make a tough call. And I, I feel like they're they're, they're leading it into Kyrie's hands. It's like, yeah, well, that's not gonna get anything done. With the Slippers, you know? if, they, if they were really against this, they would have just said Kyrie is suspended for ten games. It's uncalled for. And then whether he did anything to make up for it or not, he comes back. But well, the fact right. yeah, the fact no, that, but that would have been easy. Or you let him go. No, but that would have been that would have been a cop out. You know why? Because it's like you're going to be suspended for ten games, and with, before these ten games are done, you got to do these things. And and you know it's going to be a fucking a game of chicken. Like, oh, should I really do these things, or you know, is this is this is this for real? Just, so by them saying you're going to be suspended for no less than five games, and if you don't get these things done, guess what? The game's going to keep piling up and piling up and piling up. So. Yeah. The ball yeah. is essentially is in his court, right? No pun intended. Sorry, otherwise, ahead, otherwise, like the reports, the reports that the Nets, uh, you know, essentially don't want him to come back, or they think he's not going to complete this, then then that that becomes a true statement, right? Yeah, but you're missing you're missing a point. The whole point is not the fact that he did something wrong. It's the fact that they're saying an indefinite suspension. Unless you do these things, which has never happened before, in you're the right. NBA. You're right, and you know, and, but, and, but, but that's why it's, that's why that's why it's Brooklyn. It's not I'm the saying, NBA. I'm saying you can't now do this for domestic violence. If domestic violence happens, then now all of a sudden are you going to say, "Hey, that fuck you, dude. You have to yeah. you, go get counseling. I do all yeah. these things so you come back, and we're not doing anything till you come back. And then now, now they're getting this like it's more of like a power struggle versus. Just if you think it's wrong, suspend him for an amount of time, fine him for an amount of money, and then move on. Versus now you're setting a precedent of like, we no. can control whatever you do. We can actually suspend you forever until right. you get all you have to do is fuck up one time. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I, I get, I get, and, what you, and, I get what you're saying. And the fuck up, and the fuck up doesn't even have to be in the rule book. <laughs> it's no, like, no, you know no. What I mean? like, right. I get what you're saying, but he had multiple opportunities to apologize, and he didn't do that. So it's like. You're not gonna apologize. All right, then now now this is gonna be our next course of action, and that's where and that's where they're at right now because it's an unprecedented thing. I get that what you're saying, Sean, but I mean look at where the Celtics are at too, in, in their in their situation with 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 Eme, also an unprecedented thing. That's never happened before. Her. <laughs> so for those two, for I those mean, on keeping track, I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny, not because of the Eme thing, but I mean like a, a, a team. Suspending the coach for a year, like that—that's never happened before. Never, never happened. I'm exactly. not saying what he made did. No, I got you. No, I know. I know. I don't want people screaming at the podcast, being like, "This happened in organizations." All no, time. no, I know, okay, I know. I'm talking about. Yeah, we're talking about the consequence. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. This, this. Maybe we might be on something there, but yeah, the consequences. We're talking yeah, about. yeah. The so, punishment that was handed down. So well, for, the the punishment was the punishment with the inmate thing was no more at least a year. That's the whole thing that. Yeah, but no coach has ever been suspended for a year for anything in the NBA. Right, but, but what, what I'm saying is, like, it's not... You either get canned or you go. Or no one finds out about it. Like, but no, it's not the no. fact... Like, it's not the fact that it's like, oh, you're suspended for a year, right? It's basically now it's turning into this whole thing of, like, you're suspended until we feel like you've atoned for your 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 misgivings, which is, like... Right. Which is but also, too, we, everyone has to remember that this isn't... It isn't just because of what he did. It's because of his history, right? That plays a part into this. If Kyrie was scot-free and never been in any sort of controversy, never said anything to get him survived, there was no vaccine controversy going on, I don't know if this thing's handled the same way. I'm not sure. I just think it's, it's almost like this is yeah. the Brooklyn Nets at its boiling point with Kyrie. 
and it's just like not playing out well in their eyes. I mean, it's not playing out, and it's not playing out well in the eyes of the public because it's just like, well, wait a minute here. You said all these crazy, you know, rules that you that Curry has to oblige, has to follow, or has to do whatever this checklist, and if he doesn't do it, like, how long are you going to have hold him hold him hostage, so to speak? Well, that's it's sort of turning into this, like, okay. And I think the, I think where Jalen Brown was coming from is like, wait a minute, hold on. Suspend him for a set amount of games if you think it's wrong. If you want to suspend him for the whole season, do it, and everyone could be pissed about it, right? Or mm-hmm. you can, like, make up this, like, this indefinite type of suspension is not a good precedent to set. And I think that's where the Players Association are coming in and saying, hold on a minute. Like, agrees with what Kyrie's doing, but at the same time. Yeah, and then you got Joe Sy saying, like, oh, Kyrie has a lot of work to do. It's like, whoa. Like, what yeah, so that's like, like, it's so... almost like, hey, son, go stay in the corner. You're you're in punishment. It's just like that's not that's not the dynamic here. That's not that's not professional. Yeah, that's why there's a lot of things that play that play into it. And look at look at the team. What are they, you know, five and five or whatever since uh Vaughn took over? And it's and it's more like I'm not basing this on anything that I've you know seen or I've heard or whatever, but you know, what if he doesn't complete this this whatever checklist in a certain amount of time and then the, the Nets go on like a little run? Then what? It's no, like they're definitely not going on a run last night when they got blown out by the uh No, I know. I'm just saying in, in like in, in, in general, like you know, he'll be he'll be on his restrictions, bro. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I just feel like I, I, I'm, I'm not I'm until he completes that last mission, I guess, or whatever the heck he wants. Yeah. To do. <laughs> well, for those for those keeping track, right? He has to spend it on November third. You 3rd. haven't donated yet, Kyrie. Ten minute, ten minute, no, fifteen minute restriction. Uh, yeah, he got suspended initially on November third for what the team is calling harmful impact of his conduct relating to you know the social media posts that's been seen all over the place. It's funny because Thanksgiving is right around the corner and I don't think he's coming back before Thanksgiving. <laughs> we all know how he feels about Thanksgiving. Yep. <laughs> so. Fuck Thanksgiving. <laughs> As he's carrying it. As he's carrying Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. As he's carrying his, like, his, 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 his turkey dish. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I just, I, I just think, I just think, like, yo, this is pizza, bro. <laughs> like, yo, yo, let, me get, let, me get, let me get some more gravy on that real quick. Yeah, right. I, I don't know, man. I, I think that Suspend him if you're going to suspend him, and it is what it is. Obviously, there's <laughs> a moment when he comes back, he's going to have to face the media again. And if he and if he says something else, you suspend him again, right? Just but like this checklist, <laughs> that thing's that that's unprecedented and does doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. To be honest, We're living in unprecedented times, my man. All right, in case you missed it, guess what city could potentially have an NBA franchise? Vegas, Honolulu. No. Good guesses. Not Seattle either. Honolulu. Honolulu is not a good guess. <laughs> well, he said Vegas, so it's, you know Honolulu. That's not that far off, right? It's, it's, at least, at least compared to what I'm about to say, Mexico City. Like, could you see an NBA franchise in well, Mexico City? Uh, why is the NBA obsessed with Mexico City? Like, just like, <laughs> let this one go, NBA. Jesus, like, are we back here again? Listen, listen. Like, remember, like, fit, that was it. Was it? Seven years ago or so, like they were like obsessed with like they had the preseason games there. No, like, no, oh, every every year they do. I was again. like, why are you try- why are you selling this to us so badly? Like, All right, I'm I'm about to tell you why because every season, yeah, so. every season for the last like you know four or five years is they have they get a game, they have a game, they get a game there. It's you know and NBA, they NBA in Mexico and they have a G League team down there. Let me finish. They got a D League team there. <laughs> it's called the 
It's called the Mexico City Capitans. That's going to be uh, essentially like the, it's according to wait, Mark Spears, serious? right? No, I'm serious. According to Mark Spears. Wait, wait, who's the G League affiliate? Well. Oh, wait, they have one already? They have one already. They have one already. Like, there's a G League oh. team, G League team called the Mexican City Capitans. And that's essentially, according to Mark Spears, going to be the road to the expansion from, for, the, for the NBA because there's already something established there from the NBA already. Okay, if Mexico City gets one before Vegas and Seattle gets one again, then they got problems. Like, that's not a good look. Like, well, it's, a, it's a legit contender. It's a legit, legit contender. I don't know about the Vegas thing, but the Seattle thing, man, like, those fans are serving team, man. Yeah, I, I think, though, Vegas is, like, the biggest, like, they see what's going on with the Raiders, and you know, the Raiders suck, but, I mean, it's still a destination. <laughs> yeah, it's like a trend. Right, right. And, you know, so already, Money Mayweather told me, man, Money, Money Mayweather said it's going to be a team out there. Yeah, I think so. I do think so, but I I just think that there's a <laughs> there is there is this infatuation with Mexico City. Hey, if you want to put a team in Mexico City, I mean, okay, but that's that's a I mean, think about just the way um the soccer teams go to Mexico and they can't breathe there. It's in friggin', <laughs> you know, it's different climate. It's a different altitude, all that stuff. Like that's that. And, and, and then who's going to want, like, uh, let me, let, let me put it this way. Who the hell is going to want to move to Mexico city and raise their family and raise it. Like, <laughs> the, like the drug cartel, oh. like down the street and shit from where they live. Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have like their their property around where all the narcos live. <laughs> it's like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, welcome to the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, it's Jerome, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call you Juan. All right, that's oh, cool. I, I just you, you re up for nah, yo, it's, it's Jerome, bro. <laughs> I just re up for a hundred and forty million dollars, huh? Yep, cool. Yeah, no, we're, you're you're cool in our book. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just read in uh. You sign a new contract. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. He loves himself in Mexico City. Yeah, man, but, it's yeah. like the NFL trying to have a team in like in London. Like that's not going to work. I don't know. Like, it's just this whole like I don't know. Hey, NBA, NBA's not that far from that either, man. They flirt with that idea for a while. It certainly could work in your. And Adam Silver talked about the you know the, the uh, like Champions League style. What do you call it? Like, groups and yeah, midseason tournaments. I think all that stuff doesn't matter. It's just a matter of when at this point. But the Rele- whole expansion thing. Relegation? I, 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 yeah. I just don't know how it would work in terms of like, you know, what is it going to be like you pick the best teams in the NBA going up against like the best teams in the Euro League or something? Like, how is that going to work? And, and, and what you, is it, it going to be point based? So our teams are going to be able to put that towards the regular season? Like, I don't know. It gets dicey. When 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 they're gonna bring back the uh the the actual like world championship game where it's the NBA NBA finals champion against you know the <laughs> Europe's uh champion and then it'll actually be a world champion like a legit world champion. Well, I always think yeah. bad messed up. I think that's what they have in mind. I think it's messed up that the fact that whatever crummy town in Massachusetts can make it to the Little League World Series. And then go up against literally the rest of the world, the <laughs> rest of the world, and only play them in the finals. Like that is so messed up. Dude. It's like, yo, you think that you think that Swamp Scott, Massachusetts, is going to beat a team from uh, <laughs> <laughs> <hey>. Japan? 
any of the top five teams in Japan? No, they will fucking <laughs> them. But they don't. They don't in the lap. Like, there's no <laughs> Swamp Squats playing like you know Harrisburg, <laughs> Pennsylvania in the in the Little League <laughs> Championship. Meanwhile, Japan, the best team in the entire country of Japan, had to go through the best team against South Korea, <laughs> the best team in China, only to get to face Curacao or Colombia. <laughs> And have to so go some of these guys are going to be playing. They're going to be freaking pitching in the majors in like seven yeah. years. <laughs> like, can we just stop with this? If you, it's very hard to include the international market. I get that. So just stop trying. That's my thing. Like, just stop. That's my thing. Right. Just make it, make it, make it a North. If you want to make it North American, maybe expand a couple teams into Canada. Expand a couple teams into Mexico. Like okay, maybe we so, like keep it in the keep it in the continent, would you? <laughs> yeah, like already get it. Like, don't, and and you saw what type of type of issues the whole Toronto thing happened with the COVID thing last year. It was yeah, like, yeah. Actually, two of our top ten players can't play in half of the games in this final in this uh, in this playoff series. It's just a it's just a very very not thought through thing that is being forced on them. But I don't know. Anyways. All right. All right. And last but not least, this this story here uh, came out, uh, I want to say like two episodes ago, but because of the whole Kyrie thing, you know, that's been kind of like dominating uh, in case you missed it. But I'm finally going to talk about it. And it's a very, very weird story. But bear with me here. OK, you guys remember Jamal Tinsley, right? Yes. Indiana Pacers. Yeah, of course. OK. During his uh, tenure with the uh, Indiana Pacers, apparently Tinsley paid upwards of $250,000 in fines. And you want to take a guess on what these fines were for? Uh, it's, one, it's, one, it's one particular thing. Drug test. No. Late. Nope. Mm. I'll give you one more guess. What prostitutes? What? No. <laughs> no. My man paid Upwards of two hundred fifty thousand dollars in fines for not showering after practices and games. That's strange. <laughs> All right, according to a former teammate of his, right, Bruno Sundoff, uh, yeah, who was also a former Celtic, he said that um, he was on a recent podcast. So it wasn't. This is not coming from this quote I'm about to read. It's not from Tinsley, but it's from Bruno here saying he didn't want to get naked with the rest of his teammates. End quote. That was the reason why. He refused um, to so shower. He would go home and shower. Yes, yes, he would go home and shower, but he he didn't want to shower like in the locker room. And apparently, you know, players like like <laughs> like Brad Miller and Jermaine O'Neal and and Reggie Miller were like, "Yo, like we gotta like <laughs> we gotta set a we gotta set a precedent here. He has to shower here with the rest of us." You think it was a Wang situation? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought this was the weirdest thing to like to not to get fined over. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, man. Because I mean, even the fact that they were fining him for that, like, who 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 drew the line in the sentence? Yeah, players like Reggie Miller at the time were just like, "Yo, we got to like change the code of conduct here, or something where he's got to like shower with the rest of us." Oh, they were against it. Wow, they were against uh- it. Yeah. My immediate my immediate thought was, do you think that Jamal Tinsley was embarrassed about his wang? 
<laughs> he must have felt comfortable with something. I don't know if that was that, but maybe he just had some sort of thing about being in a room full of naked dudes. Yeah, I mean, the Pacers, the Pacers, a lot of Pacers players were just, they kept noticing. They're like, yo, why is this dude never, like, shower? He just bounces after games and practices. And they decided they wanted to penalize him after every time he refused to shower. And he didn't, he didn't budge, so he just kept paying the fines. You know, according to Sundoff, quote, Tinsley wouldn't shower after practice of games. We easily enter or exit the shower, and he would be dressed already exiting the locker room. Once, twice, three times, and Reggie Miller says to the team manager, bring the team rule book. We have to add one change that every player must shower after every training session, especially after every game. Otherwise, he'll be punished. So the first fine was 500 and it would be doubled every other time he didn't take a shower, end quote. So, uh, you know, wasn't feeling comfortable, and he didn't mind paying the uh, the fine, and it is, it is what it is. <laughs> it's just weird. I don't know. This is a weird thing to get fined over, I think, in my opinion. But I guess it was more so Reggie Miller who implemented the new rule. So. <laughs> no secrets in his locker room. Come on, Jamal. You're a big part of this team. <laughs> yeah. So. You can't be the starting point guard of this team and not get naked with us. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the question I want to ask. Like, why did Reggie care so much? Not that. Why did Jamal not want to do it? Say so we we play as a team, we win or lose as a team, and we shower as a team. God damn it! Jeez. Do you think that he smelled really bad? Like that could be it. Like they were really concerned about his hygiene. I don't know. Just, he was just like, like I'm, I'm just gonna go home and shower. Like this is what I do. I go home. You know, I'm got my yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, that could have been it too, Sean. Maybe he just wasn't doing it enough, and it was like a bullshit excuse. And they were like, "Yo, it's just if we find him, he'll, he'll have to shower, so he won't stink I anymore." I feel like that. <laughs> he never really liked Jamal Tinsley as their point guard. Now that we think about it, like. I mean, he was there for seven years. <laughs> but they always tried to bring in, like, a Travis Best. Yeah, he was always, like, there was someone always, else got hurt, he would take over. Yeah, there was there was always somebody that was, like, trying to, like, come in and take his spot. Like, I, I really feel like they never appreciated Tinsley, man. He was a solid point guard. Maybe it's because he smelled like ass. Maybe that's what's it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's gonna do it for this edition of uh, something new every day. I don't know, right? A vacation missed it. Talk about things that I did not think that you would say when you said Jamal Tinsley. I mean, I was like, okay, first off, random player up <laughs> yeah. him, and I was expecting like more insurance fraud or <laughs> look. I was yeah, like, you know, hear, whenever you retired player out of the blue, someone that like just. You know, wasn't an all star, but you remember, but you kind of like oh, that's the first thing that crossed my mind. I'm like, uh, what do you do? Like, something came back there, yeah, yeah. That's gonna do it for this edition of uh, in case you missed it. Follow us on all social media platforms at Causeway Street, hit up causewaystreet.com for your Celtics news, rumors, and opinions. Subscribe to Causeway After Hours if you haven't already. That's at patreon.com slash Causeway. You're gonna enjoy some yeah. exclusive content on there. The after New show just came out, got another one coming out this week. After show, after show podcast, and also one on one with a sway podcast. Plus, automatically entered to one of our jersey giveaways. So you know, sign up, do yourself a favor, subscribe. Yeah, we're one, uh, one month into the regular season, so we'll be uh, we'll picking a lucky winner soon. Hell yeah! So it's, we just did a great World Cup preview earlier today that we're going to be posted on there. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, we're going to put that up there before the World Cup, which is this weekend. Crazy, huh? Wild. 
Talk about the worst host city of a World Cup of all time. Is this true that uh, no one, no one's, no one's drinking? Is that thing? Are they going to pass that or what's going on? They have so, to like limit the places where they can yeah. sell alcohol. No beer, beer and alcohol is illegal in Qatar, Qatar, whatever you want to call it. But they're having there's like tents. There's like four tents where you can drink, and you know that the police are going to be standing outside of there, just waiting to arrest people, just like left and right, dude. Right. Should be should be interesting. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, hit up there. Go to Causeway After Hours. That's on Patreon. And I'd be remiss not to you know mention here. Um, Thoughts and prayers um, to the families of uh, Lavelle Davis, Devin Chandler, and Deshaun Perry, the three young men who were who were killed at uh, the uh, UVA um, campus. Again, condolences to their to their families and the the UVA team and community during this terrible time and this senseless tragedy. So, our prayers are with them. Yeah, terrible, terrible, terrible story. Um, absolutely. And um, Sim Hauser actually knew one of the victims. He talked about it briefly. Um, not in the scrum form that I know of, but um, he did speak about it. And um, yeah, it's just just an awful, awful story. It's something I read. I, I was reading on my way to the game uh, Monday. I had no idea until uh, what was that? Probably like four thirty or so. I was making my way in. I'm slow. The details did come out slow. There was- yeah, yeah, it came out slow. I read like probably two or three different articles that had, you know, one had, each one had a, a, a new piece of information that I didn't know. And it was just, oh, it's just awful, man. Terrible guy. Just everyone, take care of yourselves. I don't know. We don't know the details, so I don't want to say something that I might regret or whatever, but I don't know. Just take care. Everyone, take care of yourselves. And, and yeah, condolences to, the, to those families and to the, to everyone affected to affected by this yeah yeah man take take care of yourselves and my i got two things like what happens in college is not going to affect you for the rest of your life so yo, seriously man that's a good way to put it too man. go and then also like yo get these guns out of here bro like i don't even want to know I, the, my, the, my least favorite thing about these entire things is finding out about how easy it was for this person that obviously right. Right, or or oh, I'm sure you read in, in in whichever article you read about it. The the oh yeah, he talked about it, but we never actually saw physically saw the gun. It's like wait, what? Yeah, how did he get a gun? talking about stuff like that, like willy nilly like that? How did he get a gun and who didn't? Who didn't? Like what? Jesus Christ! Just put some put some more things in in in, in these in these places to make it harder to get guns. I mean, it's common sense. It's common sense, but yeah. I guess we just gotta keep fighting for that. No, definitely, definitely. And uh yeah, like I'm just gonna piggyback what Sway said. Let's take care of ourselves out there, you know. You know, we got we got Thanksgiving right around the corner, you know, we got things to be uh, thankful for and, and families, and, man. Horrible tragedy. Love one another because this yeah. this world is just full of hate and that's just gotta change. So a hundred percent and make sure you reach out to those people that you used to reach out to, man. I mean that's a big thing, I think. You know never know what people are going through, so you're at least talking to them, you know? Definitely, definitely. And on that note, we're going to take off here, and until next time, uh, we are out. Peace.